Hey, I'm Amber and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today I have a special guest with us. His name is Hadi and he has such an amazing and inspiring story that I just had to have him on so y'all could also hear it. Hi, Hadi. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I, I, I just think you're so inspiring and you're so chill. That's what I love about you. You're this guy and you have, you're not, you're all muscular and, and you know, you, you have the tattoos and everything, but you are the chillest and the nicest and the most humble guy that I, I've, you know, talked to so far. And I've had, had the opportunity of talking to you through Meet RX, And right. I was like, yeah, I got to talk to him some more. So I Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit first about your health background. I want to know, like, you mentioned multiple times that you've pretty much been heavy your whole entire life. What does that mean? Like, when you were born, you started out heavy? Like, when did all this happen? And what were some health issues you were dealing with? So, you know, I start as a kid, up until eight years old, I was actually born in Lebanon. uh, And I came um, to America when I was eight years old and I was actually uh, pretty skinny up until then. And then I discovered, you know, I kid you not, I, you know, I could show you pictures of when I actually came to America and I discovered all the delicious foods here. I'm sorry. Uh, You know, and um, I, from the time I was eight until about a couple years ago, I was the heaviest I could have ever been in my life. Um, So, you know, growing up, I, you know, going to school, learning another language, being the fat kid and all that. um, It's a lot to juggle and trying to, you know, learn another language and, you know, getting picked on for weight and trying to understand it all. Um, But, you know, it got to a time in my life, like just, you know, in middle school, actually, to where I'm like, man, I want to look like these kids. I don't want to be fat anymore. Right. I mean, who who really wants to be overweight? Nobody. Right. And, And a lot of people say you got to love yourself well we do love ourselves but we also want to be healthy that's the difference you know it's not not loving ourselves so i just didn't know anything about dieting honestly i don't didn't even know what where to begin besides you got to eat a salad right that's that's the that's the healthiest thing that we think of as humans okay if, if it's green let's put a lot of dressing on it add all those calories and and that's healthy so i yo-yo dieted and i kid you not i uh I lost a significant amount of weight a couple of times and I gained it all back because the thing I was doing is I wasn't dieting correctly. I was depriving myself. And that's the thing. That's the difference. You're either dieting, dieting where you're, you know, changing your lifestyle, which it's not a diet anymore. It's a lifestyle change or you're kind of doing the, some, something that's in that's everybody's doing the cool thing and it's, it doesn't really work. So um, I, uh, I battled, you know, weight loss for a very long time. And I felt like every time I got results, if I go back to eating something, you know, a little bit different that I'm going to gain all the weight back. Well, when, when you're not dieting correctly, you are going to gain the weight all back. Cause at that point you're depriving yourself of the whole world, you know, and it's gotta be something sustainable and you can live with on a daily basis not to where you could walk past something and say, well, you know, I can't have that forever. You know, it's got to be something you can work in. And especially if you're around, you know, your family, excuse me, your family and everything like that. So 
the heaviest I've ever gotten was <clears throat> around 405 that I actually weighed myself. Now, after, <clears throat> excuse me. I hate those tickles. <laughs> <Yeah>. The heaviest <clears throat> I've ever gotten was around 405. That's where I actually weighed myself. And I was like, yeah, it's not fun getting on the scale no more. I had to actually get rid of the scale. Um, but at that point, I still did not do anything to change anything about my health. I, I, I knew I was big. I was starting to get really sick. And, you know, a lot of times when something for us, we drag our feet. We're like, man, I'm not going to go to the doctor. Honestly, I didn't even have a doctor's to go to. I haven't gone in so long. So what ended up happening was um, I was urinating so much at night, waking up, you know, my, my, I would sweat and my sheets would be soaked wet for me, you know, just sweating all night and waking up about four or five times a night, you know, in, in an hour just to use the restroom. It got to a point where I'm like, you know, I can't have anything to drink before I sleep because I'm going to wake up and try, you know, use the restroom. My ex-wife at the time, I mean, everybody around me knew I was just going down the hole. She, uh, she did me the biggest thing anybody could ever done is, uh, she went behind my back and uh, found me a doctor, filled out all my new uh, paperwork for, for the doctor and uh, came back and said, hey, Monday, you got a doctor's appointment. At that point, I'm like, okay, well, I, I can't say no to her, right? You know, she already did that for me. I need to just figure out what's wrong with me. Um, you know, you go in, you do your blood work and all that and to come back and uh, they were checking my blood sugar. And I kid you not, it was around 500 and something, like 530. I don't know. You know, I heard about diabetes, but I don't know too much about it, honestly. So he was freaking out. You know, he's like, you should be in a diabetic coma. And, and I'm like, okay. You know, I'm sitting back thinking just, okay. You know, I'm, I'm receiving all these messages from him. You know, he's like, your, uh, your liver's, you know, not doing too well. Your cholesterol level's all over the place. Um, your blood pressure, you know, and all that, just a list. And all I thought about was like, man, I'm not going to see my daughter go into the first grade. You know, I'm sitting there, this guy's telling me I'm dying. I should be in a coma. Um, I knew I wasn't healthy, but I was like, what did I do to myself? So he prescribed me all these medications, you know, like, like a doctor should, like, you, you know, you go in that unhealthy and you're not on any medication and you're barely functioning. Um, I honestly sat on my car probably for a good hour just thinking about what the hell did I do to myself, you know. Um, I went to the closest um, supplement shop near my house, not to buy any supplements or anything because there's no magic pill. I walked in um, and I told the guy, you know, I said, look, man, I'm not looking for a magic pill. I can't eat salads for the rest of my life. I want to know what you're eating because you're obviously healthy. So, you know, he kind of gave me a bodybuilding diet. And again, any diet works if you follow it consistently, but it has to fit in with your lifestyle. You know, trying to weigh all the food and everything. I went and bought a scale to weigh my food, um, incorporating carbs with protein, with vegetables. Now, the difference between that is I'm not prepping to go on stage. I'll probably never go on stage to have a you know, great body like that. I just wanted to get healthy. So it was, you know, mentally for me, it wasn't working because I'm like, man, I can't even take my daughter and my, you know, wife at the time out to dinner. I don't know how much this meal is going to weigh. Is it going to be over, 
the portion that I need to eat? Am I going to gain some weight? You know what I mean? Because now that I'm seeing the little results, um, you instantly think if you eat a little bit more, okay, am I, I'm going to gain some weight back, you know? So I was so lost at that time in my life. You know, this doctor's prescribing me medication. I haven't filled in the prescription. He thinks I have. Um, you know, now I'm thinking to myself, I got to weigh my food for the rest of my life. So I'm sitting on my couch. I'm watching Netflix, just, you know, confused about the whole situation. And uh, I come across a documentary called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. I'm a big wrestling fan. So I saw Hulkamania on the cover. And, uh, you know, something that tied me into that, because you look at these guys in, in the film, Chris and Mark Bell, and you're like, these guys are powerlifters. You were just some overweight kid. Um, you know, uh, Mark Bell, when, when they were introducing him, and it, uh, they talked about how he had a learning disability in school. I, I struggled with the learning disability my whole life. You know, I, I feel like I never had one. I just got labeled to that because, you know, I, I was trying to catch up in school and learn a second language. So, of course, I was a little bit behind than everybody else. You know, I, I'm learning two languages, essentially. Um, so it tied me to that. I'm like, man, look at this guy. He's moving like 500 pounds and he's jacked and he had a learning disability. No excuses, right? So I started researching these guys and I saw they were doing like a carnivore diet. Again, I, I didn't even know what that even meant. You know, what's a carnivore diet? And I, you know, I started looking at their YouTube and Instagram and I see these guys, all they're doing is just eating meat, throwing away the bread. So at that time in my life, I was still heavy, not taking prescriptions, and I'm in the hole, essentially. And now I got to tell my family, you know what? I know red meat's bad for you, but I'm going to eat that instead, you know, instead of taking the medication. Everybody's kind of like thinking, okay, are you just trying to kill yourself at that point, right? So I started doing that. I started uh, doing crockpot meat, you know, just throwing meat in there, leaving it overnight pack it up for work the next day, throw in maybe some eggs with it. Um, and I kid you not, the weight started flying off me. Um, you know, fast, fast forward to a year, just going back and forth to the doctor and him just filling in my prescriptions, thinking I'm taking them. I'm losing the weight. Um, a year later, I go back to him and he, he doesn't really recognize me. You know, at that point from, for a year mark, I lost 191 pounds in one year. So um, in one year, I lost 191 pounds, no medication, nothing, just, you know, switching my diet to red meat and eggs. Um, I, he doesn't recognize me. I, do my, I had done my blood test because they want to see, you know, where you're at. And uh, he thinks there was something wrong with the blood test. He sends me back to do it. So I have to come back two weeks later. And he's blown away again. And, and he, he's like, man... I don't know how you went from, you know, basically dying to being so healthy. You know, these blood tests, they, they don't even reconcile with the ones that, you, you know, you've had from the beginning. This shows that you're health, healthy like a teenager now. And that just blew my mind, you know. Um, so I gave him the envelope of prescriptions he gave me because I never turned one in. And I told him, you know, I never turned in any one of these that you gave me. I just kept taking the, the stuff you were giving me. Um, and all I did was just change my diet around. And that, that's what got my health on track. He was blown away. So initially, when you tell a doctor, hey, all I've been re eating is red meat, that blows their mind as well. Because, you know, 
we learned from a young age eating red meat is, isn't always the best for us. And in all honesty, it corrected my health for me. It's just sticking to that. Heck yeah. I, I, I hear this story all the time because I get to do the success stories for Meet RX. I hear this all the time, but yet that is not what is put out there. And so we have to leave it up to people like us to tell our stories. So right. I'm, cer I'm certainly glad you've got yours out there now. Thank okay. You. I want to, I want to dig a little bit deeper here. Sure. When you went to the doctor and you mm -hmm. heard those results of the test and that was pretty major i'm just gonna tell oh, you yeah. i had a similar incident and mine was not anywhere near as bad as yours but i internalized everything and i was very fearful of going to the doctor for one stupid reason because i didn't want to be told that the reason i'm so unhealthy because i knew i had issues i knew it right. but i was hiding it i didn't want to be told that it was because i'm fat because I thought everything revolved around my inability to control what I put in my face. And that was humiliating. It was embarrassing. Absolutely. It was scary. And so when I got that news, it was so horrifying to me. And I broke down in hysterical sobs. You are telling me because uh, all this is happening because I'm fat, right? I'm just yeah. fat. That's my, what did you feel? Tell me your, everything that was going on in your head. What was it that you know, traumatized you? Because I know it had to have. You know, the thing is, um, I, I always dreaded going to the doctor because, you know, they always told me, well, you're overweight. You got, okay, well, I look in the mirror. I know that. Okay. So give me some steps to, to take action to that. You know, we never walk out of the doctor's office with a meal plan. We never walk out of the doctor's office without a handful of prescriptions. How about we start with, you know, giving somebody a pamphlet saying, hey, this is how you get your life back on track. We're also new to these diets. So that's why I dreaded going to the doctor. You know, one thing is, let me say it for you, doctor. I'm overweight. I know. You know, so what's the next conversation after that? that that's really, I hated going to the doctor just because of that. I know I'm overweight. Everybody in the waiting room knew I was overweight before I even walked back there. So <laughs> clearly, we all know that. So what's the next step here? without giving me prescriptions. That's, that's it for me. But um, yeah, when, when he first told me, you know, the diabetic thing, that's what really stands out to me still to this day. Um, I knew there was diabetes. I just didn't really understand it. I just thought these people, you know, people need to just take some insulin, correct their sugar level. That was it. But when he's telling me I should have been in a diabetic coma, that instantly, like, I could be looking at you right now. I didn't see nothing but except my daughter. That traumatized me. I, I said to myself, I'm never going to see this girl go into the first grade, you know. If I had not changed my life, I would have never met my son that's, that I have right now as well, you know. I, I know there's a big age difference between them, but you know what? I, I just, that sticks to me till this day, that, that blood sugar thing to where, I look at my son and I'm like, I would have never met you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. It's a very scary thing to be hit with that and, and oh, to yeah. have to accept it. And, you know, it, it, did you feel guilt? Did you feel like, mm -hmm. you know, it's all your fault. You, you, yeah. you just have no self-control. You're just, you know, this, this, you know, worthless person because you, you know, can't do what other people seem to be able to do. You know, I, I felt like I cheated my daughter the most. I brought this girl into this world and I didn't give her everything 
Well, let me correct that. I gave her everything that she wanted, but I didn't give her myself what she needed. You know, that that's that's the part that really hits home for me a lot. When I look at these old pictures with her and she's like, look at you now, daddy, you know. Um, and it just, I felt like I was cheating her the most at the time. I, I was there for her. I've never missed an event in her life. I've never missed a, a game in her life. But was I really being there for her? No, because I didn't correct the only thing I should have corrected a very long time ago. So that always just, uh, that holds on to me, that, that, that um, sugar level thing. Um, and it's always going to hang on to me forever because I guarantee you there ain't one thing that's going to make me slip up ever again, you know, now that I even have a little boy running around, so yeah i i can totally relate to that and and it's it's one of those things that you know i've apologized to my kids i'm like i'm so sorry number one that you had to be seen with a mother who looked like that because that was sure. embarrassing to me and i could have just imagined what her friends thought or, or my kids friends thought and not only that but that like you said um, cheating them out. Uh, I was there for everything that, yeah. but was I really there? That's you know, what, that's what I'm saying, I, yeah. I, I uh, totally understand where you're coming from, from there. And yeah. that, that is so hurtful. And, you know, people talk about, Oh, you know, you need to figure out your why. And then I read something today about that's silly. Uh, why doesn't matter? Uh, yeah, it does. You know, what's your purpose of getting up every morning? Why do you go to that mm -hmm. job every morning? You know, there's a reason why, you know, you do that. There, there is a why, definitely, you know. Um, it's just until we stop making excuses for ourselves, that's when we figure out where everything balances in life. Um, denial. Yeah, that's, that's it. You know, for that's me, it, it was denial. You know, I, but the whole time I kept convincing myself, you know, as stupid as this sounds, that, hey, I'm just meant to be the fat guy. You know, this, this is me, yeah. right? Everybody knows me as this big guy. That, that's, all, that's always what I'm going to be. No, it was just me making excuses of taking control of my, my health, you know? So, you know, I, I, I'm blessed that I got that wake-up call, you know? Yeah. Luckily, I, I changed it in time to where I didn't need any actual, actual prescriptions. I just needed to figure out what I needed to eat, you know? And, and that was it, you know? It was, it was definitely not salads. I was having steak, so. Oh, <laughs> salad. Yeah. We're, so not yeah. we're not rabbits. Yeah, we're not rabbits. That's what I've always said. I've always hated salads because it, salads was diet. And that's right. what everybody did. And I detested salads. And I still detest them. And, you know, right. when you would have the salad with your meal, I'm like, uh, yeah, just don't even bring the salad because it, no why and they're like right. you don't want a salad i'm like no i don't you know? it, it just you know for me it was just more calories to cram in and, and for what you know yeah. it, like like now i look at it as if i'm putting some in my body it has to make sense to what i'm doing you know um I, I, as you know i power lift so what need what goes into my body has to make sure i'm getting that weight up you know for something so yeah all these extra unnecessary calories I really don't need them. Um, and I, I don't honestly use them unless I'm trying to gain weight for a competition, you know, but e even to where I'm adding in the extra calories, it's nothing off my plan. It's, it's basically protein and fats. So, so I'm just having more of it basically.
That's awesome. Okay, let's rewind a little bit because yeah. like we talked earlier, I want to hit on some of the emotional kind of things that you went through because you said you, you've been heavy most of your life yes. and you, you tried to look at it and make excuses like you said about, well, I'm just the, the big guy, yeah, whatever. Uh, that's, I don't know if you know who Gormy is, but yeah, he, he, one he of my great friends on okay. here. Yeah, he yeah. just totally embraced that or you know, I don't really know what his emotional was like, but he seemed to, you know, just, he has a million pictures of himself heavy yeah. where it's hard to find ones of me heavy. I'll tell you, because when me the too. camera came out, I, I left. Yep. So what did you go through? You, you came from Lebanon. You said you were, you were a, a normal average thin type of child. Yes. You came here to America with our crap food and yummy crap food because it's designed for that reason. Right. Yeah. And then you started putting on weight and that made you stand out, right? I mean, even though it's more common nowadays for heavier kids, but like for me, even though I really wasn't that big when I look back comparatively, but I wasn't that skinny, skinny, little bored, flat girl. I had already started developing a little bit and all that, so I was different. So it made me feel bad and, and hate my body, hate myself. And from a very young age, like 10 years sure. old, what was it like for you? So, you know, uh, coming here when I was eight, you know, I didn't know anything ha about America. You know, it was all new to me. But I could tell you one thing. Um, I was like, whoa, I'm going to be living here. This is going to be awesome, right? Because it's definitely different than, you know, growing up in the Middle East. Um, you know, I went to school the second day I, I was in this country. So, again, no English, nothing, but I saw they had basketball courts and they had everything like that, it, it slides, something I wasn't used to going to school in the Middle East. I was like, I'm definitely going to like it here. I mean, it's a playground for me, you know. Um, but then I, I discovered, you know, fast food, right? And I'm like, man, we didn't have this, so this is delicious. You know, McNuggets, Big Macs, Big Macs, I tell you, I'm a sucker for, you know. Uh, so... It's that but, special sauce, right? Uh, Too yeah. But it's it's delicious. Um, but my uncle also owned a pizza parlor here. So, Ooh. of course, uh, pizza every night, you know. And then, you know, growing up with, with my friends in school, everybody loved pizza. So, of course, there, everybody was at my house. They're like, hey, go get us a pizza. And we're always eating pizza or something, you know. And, and I'm gaining weight and, and they're looking thin because they could, you know, just get rid of that like that. Uh, my genetics obviously work a lot different than theirs. Um, but yeah, so I was always that fat guy, you know, even, even hanging out with a group of kids that I grew up with. Um, I was always the fat guy and they're the thin kids. And I was very active still, you know, I, I, in high school, I played football and, uh, I was still the big guy, you know, as, as active as I wanted to be, the weight didn't fly off of me because, you know, I was eating crap my, my whole life. Um, so there was no really balance to that. Um, not that my parents were never around to say, hey, we got to get you back healthy. You know, my, my parents cared about me a lot, but my, my parents worked very hard. So I felt like they weren't around when I got back home from school. So I'm kind of just you know, fending for my own self. Not that they weren't around forever. It's just, that's just how I grew up, you know, that they were making Typical. ends meet. Yeah. You know, they're, they were at work. So I was that fat, get, fat kid, uh, 
growing up my whole life. Uh, and I ended up being that fat kid because I, I never did anything for myself to change that either. Um, but yeah, uh, throughout my whole life, that that's just, you know, what it was, even though I played sports and my weight never went anywhere because I never changed what I was putting into my body. So I, um, I thought I knew how to even diet back then, you know, where I kept saying to myself, well, I'm not going to eat this for a whole week. But realistically, I was a kid. I'd go back to eating that and double, you know. Um, so it got to a point in my life to where, you know, the heaviest I've ever weighed myself, like I was telling you, I was 405. But I know I far exceeded that. I just didn't want to take the chance to get on the scale anymore because I was like, yeah, I'm 405. What am I trying to break I a record here? <laughs> um, so everybody knew I was big. But here's here's the kicker. I was a I was a closet eater. Like if we were if I was having dinner with you, I'd probably take a couple bites and I'm like, oh, I'm full. But now when I go home at night and everybody's asleep, I rummage through the fridge, eat everything in sight. It didn't even matter what it was. It's just I felt like there was a trigger that says you need to just go make up for what you didn't eat. You know what I mean? And it was nothing that was it mostly like cooked or anything like. It was just like crap in the pantry you know cookies what you name it that's i was going to devour it so it's not like people didn't know I, I ate i just uh developed this this habit to where i only want to eat when no one was around because i guess what happened was um you know i was out with my my daughter and my ex-wife at the time i took my daughter to an ice cream shop i'm at the heaviest i could ever be and i ordered a sunday just like everybody else but, you know, people can act like asses sometimes in public. And I, I saw this girl filming me on her phone, like oh my God. probably to make a post, right? Emotionally inside, I'm looking at my daughter and I'm like, okay, I could either say something, but overall I'm going to be the one embarrassed because I'm the fat guy eating the ice cream and she's recording me. And that stuck with me for a very long time. So I became more of a closet eater just because I started thinking like, what do people see when I, when I eat, you know? The, so, the big person going for seconds at a buffet. That's right. That's right. It's judgment. Yeah. It's Absolutely. like if you were thin and you ate all that crap and you did it, you know, went five times, nobody thinks a thing, but the second you're overweight and you go back, God forbid to get yeah. an olive or something for Absolutely. You, salad you're the fat person that just can't keep from shoving food in their face it's a shame sure. thing, a judgment. A absolutely and and that that's really uh that's really the honest truth is um you know small things in the end up like sticking with you for a very long time and then mm -hmm. it's not like you end up correcting the actions you you only hurt yourself more by now okay well i won't eat in front of people i'll eat i'll eat by myself mm -hmm. You know, so it's yeah. one of those things. It's uh, I wish more of us would just take action when we feel embarrassed the most instead of trying to hide it and, and do worse. And, and that's what ends up happening. Is the situation yeah. becomes worse. I get it. I get so. it. I, I hid that too. I, I did a similar thing to you. And it was more like I didn't want to be judged by my family. Sure. And so I would do those kind of crazy things. And even in my teen years, I, I had eating disorders. And part of that was 
because, you know, I would, I would hide in my room. I would buy a bunch of food because I was working at the time. I would bring it into my room and I would hide it under my bed. And then I would binge and purge and binge and purge. And it's kind of like a similar thing to the closet eating because it's right. like, you, it's, it's a hiding thing. It's a, it's a disorder. It is. It's a, it's, a, it's kind of a, you know, I, believe me, I've been through it all. So I get it. Sure. Um, okay. So we touched on that. Now, another very sensitive thing, and just to kind of frame it, um, I had posted a um, before after of you that was absolutely amazing. Sure. It was so positive, and I just adore you. I think, you know, just, oh, just the you. best. And you had, as part of it, you had a picture with your little boy, Mateo, who was adorable. And somebody felt the need to comment about well, great that he's taking care of himself, but he needs to focus more on, on, on his son or something to sure. that degree. What did that make you feel like? And what do you have to say about that? You know, in all honesty, the, these uh, internet bullies would never say something like that to my face. Well, Let's, God, call no, not now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it what it is. Um, it's just some guy behind the keyboard that felt like he needed to make a comment like that to, to, take his insecurities away. My son is one. What are you bashing his weight for? You know, I ended up blocking this guy. I never said anything to him, but in all reality, it makes me feel bad because it's my son. You know, I'm yeah. raising my son. But again, you know, I raise my kids probably a lot different than most people. Everybody raises their kids differently. Just because, you know, my whole life I was overweight and, and I dieted wrong. I'm, I'm definitely not going to force any diet on my kids at an early age. Um, you know, I, I do make a lot of crock pots here. My daughter does eat steak, but they're still kids. If they decide they want to eat something different, great. You know, my, my son doesn't know too much about dieting, but, you know, he does eat and he's a, he's a heavier kid. Um, I'm not going to put him on some restricted diet just because he's a little bit heavier than, you know, most kids. Um, I, I think when he, when he's getting bigger, he's going to fill out differently. You know, he's a str very strong kid, believe it or not. You know, when I'm working out in the gym, he's actually able to pick up some of these tinier weights to where most kids wouldn't even be able to pick it up. So, um, I think in time he'll just balance out. But as far as the, um, hateful comments like that, I, I get them quite a bit. You're not the only one that's seen that. It's just, I don't, I don't feed into them. Honestly, I got nothing to explain to these people that would never say something like that to my face to begin with. So yeah. that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. It hurt me to read that. Sure. About Mateo. Sure. And he's not even my child, uh, you know, but yeah. I just think, you know, certain things, I mean, bullying is horrible, but Absolutely. don't bully a child, a right. one year old. Are you kidding me? Okay. I, so, so how do you keep junk food in your house? I mean, is there a lot of that? And if so, how do you keep from wanting to eat it? Because I mean, see, a carb addict is a carb addict, you know? Right. I, I don't have, believe it or not, I don't, I don't have those temptations that one wake up call with my sugar level scared me so freaking much. I, I, I tell you right now, if you told me you were going to shoot me in the head and if I didn't eat this cookie, I just say blast me then because there's that, that that's how bad I won't touch it. I have wow. cookies around the house. I mean, I have kids, you know, between me and my girlfriend, there's six kids around the house. So I know it's, it's like a school bus here, but um, realistically they're kids. You know, we, we walk past the aisle. I'm not going to 
deprive everybody from getting what they want. Um, I, I just, I won't eat it. I, I can't do it. Um, I couldn't even tell you the last time I cheated off this diet. You know, I knew, I know I post waffles and stuff like that, but they're all made with protein. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not one ounce of sugar in those things. Um, I, uh, I, I just don't, I, I don't crave them. It's just that one, you know, wake up call scared me so much that I battle myself like, okay, if I have a bite of that, is it going to spike my sugar back up? You know, it's obviously going to send some type of shock to my body. I haven't had anything like that in, in years. I haven't even had a carb in years. So, you know, let alone trying to cheat. So I, I just, I can walk past all that and it just doesn't appetize me anymore. If that makes yeah. any sense. You know? yeah, no, it does. I'm yeah. the same way. I get that. But, but I also don't keep anything in the house because I don't want anybody else in my house either. Sure. <laughs> I, kind of, I have my mother who's 74 and she's sure. had cancer and uh, she's on every medication you can think of. It's for insulin, which is shocking because her whole family is. But, um, you know, so I, and then my grandbaby, when she comes over, you know, I, I do other things, you know, sure. like it's not that I deprive her per se, but no. I find alternatives. Right. So, you know, just because she's, I'm just not going to keep the crap in my house you right. know, when she's over or whatever. So by default, I kind of make everybody I, else do it. I'm the cook. So, <laughs> no, you, you know, I, I even make, uh, I, I even make ice cream out of uh, protein and I, and I give it to the kids and they can't tell the difference. You know, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Is, you don't have to have a cabinet full of junk. You know, you can make other alternatives. It's just a couple of steps more, but that's just the reality of, of it. You know, it's it's just how do we get away from convenience? You know, from from uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's, that, that's, that's a problem. It, it but, really you know, is sad. Well, one thing I wanna I wanna just throw out there is you know if you've ever I mean you eat clean just like I do so a lot of times if you do go out to eat. And, you know, something isn't cooked the way that you're normally used to, or, or there's something added to it, man, it messes you up so, so bad that you, that sometimes the next day you feel like you're groggy. You're like, man, what, what did I eat the night before? So like stuff like that really makes you look at these candies and say, there's no way I want to feel like crap the next day because it's going to feel like a hangover yeah. basically. You know what I mean? That's just that's how I that's how my body feels it tries to reject all that stuff right away so I, I just feel all groggy and I don't feel like myself so I, I that's why I stick to the clean eating I do like on the road you know obviously we can't travel with our fridge on the road but so I do find a lot of in and out burgers and you know and get patties like that and I do find uh uh, Wendy's and you know just any, anywhere I could grab patties or, or hard-boiled eggs from the store because now yeah. they have pre-made and, and you know bags of six so um, but that's that's honestly I call those my cheat meals because it's something different than I'm eating so yeah it makes sense I get yeah. it I totally do and you know I, I, I just don't the only time I allow myself to kind of go off plan if you will is when we're on cruises and yeah. we usually do once a year <laughs> not this year but sure. uh, all of ours were canceled um, yeah. but whatever we have one book for next year but you know we'll see and um, I, I will allow certain things I pre-plan it and I know that it's not gonna send me down a rabbit hole I already know that and I can, and, and 
you know, I, I'm not saying it doesn't make me feel bad, but not like some people describe. <laughs> okay, I'll just be real here. What I splurge on is alcohol. I'm just yeah. going to say it. So yeah. I allow that. But, you know, but I eat, the last cruise I did, I was carnivore. So I yeah. ate carnivore. I didn't eat outside the carnivore. Except for I did have um, one of the chocolate lava cakes and a few other desserts. I did do that. But mostly it was just alcohol. That's all I allowed. And the second I left the ship, bam, that was done. You're and done. I, yeah. I, I was done. I'm good. I didn't crave anything else. I'm, I'm fine, you know, and I able to get right back to it. No big deal. But you know, that, not everybody that's, can do that's that. it. Yeah. That's, that's it right there is you have to be that person to say, Hey, I'm done after this because a lot of people say i'm done after it and then they go home and they're like okay well i got a couple more days until the weekend's over and then they're really not done anymore yeah you know um you know being overweight is is another thing to where you battle almost like alcohol or anything like that there's always relapses to where you know it triggers something and and you're, you want more you want more and once once you get that one bite in of your cheating you're like well i already cheated I blew so. it. yeah well. let me let me go ahead and uh yeah. just make it a crappy day yep. well in all reality okay have that one cheat bite whatever you want to but your next meal just continue doing what whatever you were doing why, exactly. why do you have to, yeah so why why do you have to destroy yourself just because okay you had one bite great you got it out of your system just go back to what you were doing Exactly. And that's all it is. Yeah, we all slip up. I mean, I don't care how great you are. At some point, okay, I get there's a big difference. Like, I don't have an issue to where if I ate one bite of food, I'm going to have this gosh awful reaction. I don't have the I don't have those mental illnesses kind of issues. I don't have the severe autoimmune issues. I don't have that. So I'm in a little bit of a different boat. There are some people who absolutely cannot do that. But sure. like you and I, you know, if you want to, I hate the word cheat, but you know, if, and we know to get right straight back to it yeah. and, and, and it's not a big deal. And so what, you know, like Dr. Sivas always says, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. There is no right. such thing as maintenance. And sometimes you do go backwards, but okay, but let's stop that figure out what we're doing and then move forward again. And sure. it's all fine because it's ever evolving. There's not an end point. There's not, you know, happiness and health has no end point. No. You're always no. evolving. You're always changing. You're always adjusting and things happen. You do things. You're human. Just like you said, bam, just know, you yeah. know, get right back on it. And you're, it's fine. You know, exactly. Exactly. Unless you fit in that weird category where you, you honestly just can't, but there's very yeah. few people who are that extreme, you know? Right. Thank goodness. I'm not, that would be, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that would be good because then you definitely wouldn't want to do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have some personal questions. Let me just make sure we're not yeah. running out. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, your tattoos. Yes. I, you know, when I look at the pictures, for some reason, I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by tattoos. I don't have any, but um, I'm always curious. I always look and I'm like, I wonder why they got that. What is the meaning? Why did they decide that? What, what made them do that? And, you know, the story behind it. So sure. just kind of tell me a little bit about your tattoos, just, just for my information. So, you know, even at a younger age, um, I was very quiet. Um, you know, I, I, I basically stuck to myself a lot of the times unless somebody was nudging me saying, hey, talk to me, right? Um, 
so I, I was very fascinated in art. I love art. So a lot of my times when I was younger, I would just scribble on stuff or, you know, try to draw or I'm, I'm looking through some art book. Even when uh, we went to school and we'd go to library that day, that, that was the main thing I would look for is some type of art book. Um, I'm very big into Japanese art. I love Japanese art. So my whole left side, literally from the arm to my leg is all Japanese art. Um, my right side, I kept it uh, black and gray and it, it has actually my daughter's feet print, a, a, a tattoo of, you know, that I have just like my mother, her and I got matching ones. And uh, on, on this side, I have um, my, my son's feet print. So it's, it's very my family on one side and my other side is just something I really love also is Japanese art. That's very cool. But, Do you have you. them all over like or, or just so, mainly you kind of mentioned you kind of yeah, went down one side. I, uh, I, I have only one side here that isn't filled all the way. Uh, my whole back is completely done. Um, my stomach is done in one peck and just the top is done. So I, I have just a couple areas over here not done, but wow. I, I'm almost covered. <laughs> wow. Okay. What hurt the most? Which area? I, I'd love to say all of them because they, they do, but real, realistically, my lower back, like getting to my oh. sides, that, I, that was brutal. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. So we talked about your diet and all that kind of thing, but I want to talk a little bit more about when you started carnivore and yes. what that made you feel like and uh, how that changed you. And it obviously gave you some confidence and, sure. and get in, get into how you met the Bell brothers and, and powerlifting, yeah. do, do that kind of whole thing. So like I, like I said, you know, at first, I walked into a supplement shop and uh, this bodybuilder put me on the bodybuilding diet. So at the time I was incorporating carbs, proteins, and uh, vegetables, weighing everything. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm, I'm getting some results, but I have to weigh my food my whole life. So I'm lost, you know, watching Netflix on the couch and I come across a documentary, Bigger, Stronger, Faster, that uh, Chris Bell created. And, uh, after I looked them up, I'm like, man, these guys are power lifters, you know, they're moving all this weight around and, you know, they're seeing me and in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm not taking prescriptions and I probably should. And now I want to eat red meat. I'm really trying to kill myself at that point. You know, I'm trying to explain to everybody like, this is the way to go. Right. And um, so I, I gave it a week, you know, just anything you, you want to do, give it a whole week, give it a fair shot, like a whole week. And just see how you feel, okay? If you don't feel great after that week, go back to doing what works for you then, you know? Because even a lot of people ask me, um, how do I start carnivore? Well, it's kind of easy. You just eat meat, you know? <laughs> I mean, what, I, there's nothing really I got to tell you. Just buy a pack of ground beef and eat that, you know? But realistically, uh, you know, I, I had those questions at first, but I, I didn't have anybody to ask. I'm only following these guys off Instagram and YouTube. So it's not like I can reach out to them and say, hey, what was your portion size? You know, I just kind of had to gauge it to what made me feel full. You know, what I learned about myself at that time is I was so programmed to saying to myself, I can't leave the house. I got to have breakfast. Breakfast is the most important part of the day. Well, what I learned is I'm down to two pretty good sized meals. I probably eat more than most people are eating realistically. Um, and 
my meal doesn't even start until probably afternoonish. That's my first meal. I wake up at 3.30 in the morning for work every, you know, Monday through Friday. So my day honestly starts off a lot earlier than most people. And I'm fasting still this whole time, you know, until about afternoon time to where I have my first meal. That's when my body says, okay, now I need something to eat, right? And then I go through a period of my day, but you know, I work out and then about like six o'clock, I call it good after my workout, I have my last meal and that's it. But throughout that time when I was heavy and going into carnivore, I had to figure out, you know, what was my correct portion size? You know, so there's days where you kind of overeat and where you feel uncomfortable and, and then you kind of lean your way out of that. You're like, okay, when I sit down to eat today, I'm only going to have this much and see how I feel. And then you kind of just balance out to where you feel just satisfied instead of feeling I overate or now I, I don't want to move anymore. I'm stuffed. Um, and it just took, you know, like a few weeks, honestly, to figure out, you know, from being so large and thinking I needed to eat all that. You just kind of balance everything out in time. You know, there's a, there isn't one person that's going to tell you, hey, eat this much and you'll be full. Well, that person his body works for him, you know, right. whatever he's eating. And it's, it's not going to work for me. His body processes stuff differently to where I'm, mine doesn't, you know. And plus, a lot of these people could be on two wavelengths. You know, this guy is active for this much, you know, or to where I unload trucks for a living. So I'm moving the whole morning at my work. And then I go home and power lift. So there isn't the same meal plan for that guy that's going to fit mine. I probably am going to eat more because I'm burning a lot more calories throughout the day than this guy that looks better than me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, trying to explain that to people is, you know, especially on Instagram when they, when they see my before and after pictures, they're like, so what were your meal portions? Well, whenever I felt full, you know, that's, that's the honest truth. It's not like I ate a cup of, meet and said you know i'm i'm basically done um it's just when i felt full that that's honestly the truth i only ate when you know i felt hungry at the time and and then i kind of started balancing everything out so that that's that's on the honest truth is there isn't no correct meal plan for anybody even when you tell somebody hey go carnivore you just got to figure out what you need to eat you know not what i'm eating or what somebody else is eating just because yes. they got results doesn't mean your results are going to be identical to what their meal plan was so that that's it is just man it's you explore yourself figure out what what works for you you know Experiment. i tell that to everybody. yeah <laughs> you know you're already in the hole you can't get any worse now you're just eating one ingredient so just figure that out yeah, so. it makes it so much easier. I cannot agree with you more. And there, uh, you know, so many people do want to know that because yeah. they, I think some people just want the easy route here. This is what sure. you do. Follow the directions. Bam, you're done. They don't want to put in the work of trying to figure it out. But, right. you know, it, it, me as a coach, when I talk to people, you know, the, some, sometimes they, that's what they want. And I'm like, well, I can't tell you. I can give you kind of a, a starting point so you kind of know, you know, sure. where to start. And then from there, you have to experiment. You have to figure out what you're willing to live with, what your body needs, what makes you feel healthy. And right. there is no perfect formula. Absolutely and, not. You know? You know, but that that's that was, you know, that was it. Just me. You know, I couldn't reach out to anybody at the time to say, hey, 
hey, Mark and Chris, how many, por how, what was your portions, right? Um, so I ended up losing 191 pounds in that one year. Um, at that time in my life, uh, my dad was battling cancer. Um, he was on every medication you could think of. Um, where it became to a point he was uh, even, you know, going through chemo and radiation treatments. Um, I had to change my life around quite a bit to where, you know, I said, you know what, we're just going to move in with him and just ride this thing out, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I was a big fan of the Bell Brothers, and I saw Chris had created another documentary called uh, uh, A Leaf of Faith, where uh, he had a product called Mind Bullet that they currently sell. And what that does is gives you a little energy and you get to a point with you looking at your father and you're like, how do I give you a little bit energy of you just getting up and just hanging out with the grandkids for a minute? You know, I know they're around, but I want you to get up, you know, and it kills you inside just not being able to do that. So I reached out to Chris Bell and I said, Hey man, I got a couple of questions. Chris Bell He's famous. He has a million people following him. I'm like, he's not going to get back to me. Something happened that night. He, he emailed me back. And I ran into the room to show my ex-wife at the time. I was like, hey, Chris wrote me, you know. So, you know, going back and forth with him, the gym is actually 20 minutes away from my house. Uh, he said, hey, come down to the gym and I'll give you some samples. You know, I was going down there to get some stuff for my father at the time to see if he could gain some energy from those uh, mind bullet pills that he has. And uh, I became selfish. And when I saw Chris, I'm like, man, this might be my only shot to meet this guy. So I show him a before and after. I'm like, man, I, you changed my life without even knowing me, basically. I just followed you and your brother, you know, doing the meal plans you guys were doing. And he was so blown away that he had me come back to meet Mark. And, you know, I... I was so starstruck at first, you know, these guys I followed for like a couple of years and now I'm standing in the gym. I've always wanted to walk into with these two guys that I've always wanted to meet. So that's how that started. Um, and then, you know, Chris and Mark, they started having me come in and, and work out. Well, I've never worked out really in my life besides looking at a couple of YouTube things and trying to replicate them at a 24 hour fitness that I've started going to, you know, um, it's a different world in a powerlifting facility, especially at super training. Going to that facility is definitely a different world. It's not like anything you'd ever see at a normal gym, basically. Um, I never thought I'd be a powerlifter ever, you know. My so my father passed away in October, um, mm -hmm. and I thought I was going to be the loneliest ever. I was going to be uh, that that um, Thanksgiving. Uh, the gym manager, Smokey, uh, you know, he, everybody was still new learning about me, just like I was learning about them. You know, it's people that I used to watch on Instagram. And now, now I'm standing next to them. He, he asked me, he goes, hey, man, if you want to come down and train on Thanksgiving, I'm going to have the gym open. And man, that meant so much to me. I'm like, this guy barely knows me. Doesn't really have to do this. And so I, I was like, of course, because I was going to be by myself um, that Thanksgiving. So I went, went there and uh, I was stretching and he's just kind of explaining to me, you know, how, you know, trying to teach me stuff. And he said, Hey, have you ever thought about uh, joining a competition? And I said, no, man, I said, I can't do nothing like that. You know, I'm, I'm still learning all this. And he said, well, I'm going to sign you up for one. I thought he was joking. You know, that, that next week he wasn't joking. He signed me up for one. So, 
And that's how that started is uh, he invested in me, uh, he, you know, the gym manager, Smokey, and he, him and uh, Chris, Mark, I mean, those guys and, and the whole powerlifting team there just gravitated towards me. And, and I owe those guys so much, man. So much of their time was invested in showing me how to do all this stuff. And I actually competed in my first powerlift meet in, uh, just this last March. And uh, next month in October, I have a second powerlift meet that I'll be competing in. So wherever, wherever I thought my journey was going to end, you know, after the weight loss, was definitely not it because as soon as you hit that you're like well okay that wasn't really my goal what what is my real goal and then you end up finding a new path that you want to walk across mm -hmm. and learn more stuff so when you lose all that weight okay and then what because you're going to end up doing something different you know um yes. not everybody's going to take up powerlifting, obviously but there's <laughs> going to be some type of journey that you're going to follow to just make yourself that much better so. Absolutely. Where do you think that confidence came from? A lot of people think that, okay, I lost weight. Oh, I, ha I, I feel just so awesome about myself sure. and I have this confidence. And yes, to a degree, yes. But w when I talk to people, it seems like the ones, you know, whether they're keto or um, carnivore, where they have very balanced hormones and their moods are stable and all that, all of a sudden, this other part of them kind of comes out. And yeah. it happened with me, and I didn't sure. really even realize it till a friend pointed it out to me. And I'm like, oh, so do you think there's something to that? Uh, absolutely. You, you start discovering yourself. You know, that, that's the main thing is we're hiding ourselves this whole time, but we're not letting ourselves be discovered by anybody else. So a lot of people say, man, it's a weight lifted off my shoulders. Well, we honestly lifted a bunch of weight off ourselves. <laughs> um, and then when you first even do that, you're like so timid because you're still that, you think you're still that same person, which you are. But in all reality, you, you start kind of coming out alone by yourself, you know? I think if you go back to my Instagram and you pass up like my, my journey that I'm posting now and you go back and you're like, whoa, man, all you posted was pictures of you being fat before. Well, I never really posted about me dieting because I just didn't want to be judged. Like, okay, look, he's going to try to eat a salad now. Right. Because I felt like I was going to be judged. So what I guess what I'm saying is, I was so timid about anybody knowing anything about me at first, you know, even my account was private at first. Um, and I only had a handful of people that I knew in real life only, you know, um, that I didn't want anybody knowing anything because I didn't want anybody to judge me. Well now go ahead, judge me. I really don't care. So it, it just kind of comes out on its own, you know, uh, for me, I was, you know, even going into uh, Mark Bell's gym, I was so timid and still shy, where I am shy a lot of the times, you know, but when I'm in the zone, I'm, I'm just a different person. That's me. I'm, I'm in my element. Let me do my thing. I, I don't care who's watching me or judging me at that point. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely had to tell myself, okay, if this person is judging me, so what? I'm still living a better life than I was, you know, a couple of years ago. So 
Yeah, and I think the more you go along and the more things you experience and the more learned you become, whether it's through fitness and diet, whatever it is, you, you kind of, you know, start getting a little bit more confidence that way too, to sure. where, you know, you feel confident in saying, no, that's not really true. You don't right. really need breakfast. I mean, maybe, you know, may, maybe do this, you know, and that's okay if you do. If you don't, that's fine too. You just have more of a confidence in that way. And then yeah, you absolutely. put yourself out there more like what you're saying. Because I know for me, I, I spent years hiding from, 40 years hiding from a camera. I didn't want to be in front of a camera. And now look, I have my own podcast and I'm like up sure. in the camera. And it's huge. And so for you to be able to do that, that you know, that's a huge thing. Okay, so a question. You mentioned the um, competition, but you didn't say how it came out. Oh, my first competition, um, I went in, so I was so new to it, you know, I was so nervous at first. I, you know, that whole month, honestly, I kept telling my gym partners, I was like, man, I got all these knots in my stomach. And they're like, eh, just don't worry about it. You're just gonna go up there, do the first lift, and it all goes away, right? Um, so I, I went out there and I, and the guy that was going to be uh, handling all my stuff, you know, telling the judge, you know, what to put on for me. I, I said, Austin, I don't, I don't want to know what's on the bar. Here's what I kind of want to hit. You make that call for me. And, and I just want to go out there and lift. So overall, you know, I had a great night. Um, just a week before that I had missed deadlifting 400 pounds. I, I, I failed, completely failed it at the gym. So my last lift of the night, I'm thinking it's only 368 pounds. They actually put on uh, 403 pounds. That's what it came up to on, on oh. the deadlift. And I just destroyed it. I, I'm thinking in my head, I'm lifting 368 pounds somewhere around there. And it just flew up the last lift of the night. So wow. Um, one of the coolest things... Uh, Man, I appreciate Chris so much because he's just been nothing but like a great friend to me. Um, he had made me a little uh, story and it's actually posted on my Instagram. If you go to my videos, those one minute videos of just a little trailer thing of the last part of the night where with Austin talking to me, you know, trying to calm me down to go out there for that last <laughs> lift. And I mean, it, it, it takes a lot, a lot of mental to go into something like that. You know, a lot of people have that physical strength. But if that mental part isn't balanced, that physical strength isn't going to really be there, honestly. Just for me, you know, I had a great team around around me. I can't ask for anything better. I'm, you know, going to one of the best gyms in the world. So um, I, I had a lot of support. And uh, these guys really, really helped me mentally also to get prepped for this. The mental is huge. It's yeah, a huge absolutely. part. If you don't absolutely. have the mental, you're not going to have anything gonna happen. It, no, right. it's just not. Well, that's I, I awesome. Be, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I had to honestly be mentally right because, you know, a lot of it was I questioned myself is, okay, I'm this guy with a weight loss story. These guys have been powerlifting their whole lives, you know, and some of the guys you see in there, man, they're just ripping weight off the ground. And I'm like, where do I stand right here with these guys? You know, I'm just a guy with some saggy skin that's just trying to blend in with these guys that are filled in completely. So that's in all reality, that that's what you think about yourself. You know, you don't see the side, Hey, I worked my ass off. You know, I can lift similar to these guys. You just see yourself differently because 
that's what you see in the mirror. You know, yeah. the set is the saggy skin. Like, so if you look at my thighs, you know, I have saggy skin. If you look at these guys, they're filled in with muscle. So um, you just kind of look at yourself that way. I'm just the guy with the weight loss story. These guys actually been doing it their whole life. So that's the mental side. You just got to tell your brain, hey, turn off for a minute and just focus. Mm -hmm. You're about to go in there and destroy it. So. And it sounds like you did. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I hope you get to do the competition next month with this I, I know. craziness going out. I, yeah, but I know, I know. You know, uh, a lot of it was just adjusting to me because you know they gave us a taste of that gym for a couple weeks, and then they were like, oh, "We're gonna close everything back down." For me, I, I, I had to. I literally, you know, I kid you not. I posted on my story. I traded my living room for a gym. You know. I, at my gym is a is a powerlifting right. facility. I have a deadlift platform, a bench, and a squat rack in my living room. I mean, to be honest, gotta do what you gotta do. During this time, who's really visiting who? Seriously, everybody's locked down. So, um, the <laughs> my my friends that I you know that I've grown uh, to learn about, and they learned about me from this powerlifting facility. Come train at my house now. You know, I'm, so it, it's been great having everybody around because I feel like now, yeah, we're quarantined, but you know what? We're kind of doing something normal to what, yeah. you know, we've grown to accustomed to. Mm -hmm. it, it's just been great, you know, having these guys around. I'm, I'm still learning a lot more than, you know, than, awesome. than anything. So I feel like uh, even with this quarantine, I, I, I told my girlfriend in the beginning, you know, when this happened, uh, I said, hey, I you know, I'm not going to use this as an excuse, even though I didn't have any weights at that time. I said, I'm gonna come out of this quarantine stronger than I've ever been in my life. And she said, well, you're doing what you can. No, that I, I wasn't doing all I can at first. And then I started looking around. I, I started really, when you say invest in yourself, invest in yourself, because if that's what you want to do is, is uh, you know, go to the next level. I have to honestly transform my my living room to my, to what I needed at that time because the only spot I had was my living room put it in and you know one thing about all this is I have six kids that are here right and all of them want to do something in this weight room now oh so I I cannot say that it was a a, a bad trade for me because now when I'm in here they're all paying attention and they nice. all want to feel what that weight feels like now you're no an example Oh, I appreciate that. But the, the whole thing I wanted to take away from that, that was, is they're not on their tablets. They're not glued into some, mm -hmm. something that has nothing to do with what they need to really focus on. You know, and I didn't say, hey, you need to go lay down on the bench and learn how to bench. You know what I mean? They all just kind of gravitated toward That's what they see me do. They see these guys doing that when they're here. Now they're, they want to learn, you know, my son, he's one. And I think, He's the most excited about that. He always wants to grab some type of weight when he's in there. And that, you know, just let I've him. I've seen he's, pictures. It's yeah. adorable. <laughs> so, and that, that's it. I, I think overall, you know, we could have either, either used this quarantine as an excuse and said, hey, it kind of set me back a little. I'm not saying everybody has to have a gym at their house because right now they're all tripled in price to buy. But there's all there's other stuff we could all do you know what i mean there's no excuse that we need to set our health back just because the world's locked down 
I don't want to take a step back. I absolutely agree. I know like when, when it first happened after a little bit, it, it just got a little bit old and it kind of depressed me and it kind yeah. of made me this blah and I lost all motivation. And then Good. I was like, you know what, why am I not using this to my advantage? I'm absolutely. not keeping my grand, I wasn't keeping my grandbaby baby during the day because my daughter was, you know, home too. Sure. She's a teacher. And so I just started putting everything into my platform and what I wanted to do. And, and, and then I did my own podcast. And I worked on my website and I did these things to kind of build it up. And so you're absolutely right. You know, you, you got to take what you've got and work exactly. with it and move forward. Don't stay exactly. here or move back. It's just, it doesn't do you any good. I mean, once you get out of the funk, everybody deserves to be in a funk for a little bit because sure. it is a very crazy situation. So that's all right. Good, but no, but I then pull yourself up out of that and get with it, you know? Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, I went, I went from being the strongest I've ever been in my life to the world shutting down the very next day after my competition. So uh, that was a real wow. wake up. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I was just the strongest I've ever been. I've destroyed every number I wanted to. What do I do now? You know, I'm used to going to the gym the next day. And uh, I, I had to, I had to really dig deep and look, look at everything around me and say, you know, it really isn't all that bad. I'm, I'm honestly quarantined with people I love. So I can't have really a bad day every day, you know? So it's just because I was uh, used to something every day and that got taken away. Well, I had to figure out stuff for, you know, around me. Uh, I believe it or not, my neighbors probably thought I was crazy. I was tying bands to stuff around the walls out here just to stay in shape. And they're probably looking at me like, what the hell is this guy doing outside, you know? <laughs> but it is what it is, you know? They probably thought I was crazy out there. But I just, like, man, elite, that's what I wanted to do that day. I felt like I was getting something out of it, so... Hey, yeah. whatever you got to do, that's awesome. Okay, Thank one you. more question before we yes. go. I want to hear some advice that you have to give, whether it's just, you know, about the carnivore diet, about sure. fitness, or just life in general. What advice would you give somebody if you were to just randomly talk to somebody? Just, you know, if there's a passion inside you, you want to do something, do it. Don't wait until somebody else says, hey, yeah, that does sound good. If it sounds good to you, do it, you know? Um, I always go back to, like, the carnivore diet thing, because at first everybody was like, man, you're dying. Why would you do something like that? Well, I didn't need anybody's approval to fix my health. I obviously fixed it with everybody against the diet I was doing. So if there's something you're passionate about and you think it's going to help you move forward to whatever it is in life, health or whatever, do it, do it. And those people that told you, even the closest people to you that told you, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. We'll look back and say, you know what? I guess you were right. I love it. That's perfect. Perfect ending. Thank, thank you, you so much for uh, coming on the podcast, Hottie. I've enjoyed yeah. it. I think you are so inspirational and I just think you're awesome. Thank so y'all subscribe and follow Hottie. I will have all his information below and good luck next month. And I hope thank you. That, that competition happens and I will add a update to, to this if, if he happens to be able to do the competition. So awesome. Thank you. Bye Hottie. Bye.